Hey everyone. Hey. I'm Liza. I'm Riss. And this is the Little Sleep Much Breeding Podcast. Finally, from so little sleeping and so much reading, his brain dried up and he went completely out of his mind. That was terrible. What did it sound like? It was like a... Maybe it's a mouse that lives in my room. It's probably... There's probably little mice that live in my headphones. Oh my god. It's like um Ratatouille. It's Little Chef. They're like controlling you. Little Podcaster. Little Podcaster. They actually run the the podcast it's not us the rats don't run this city we do i no wait what's it yeah that's what they said but i believe that we don't run this city the rats do period oh my god remember when you came a few months ago and we had so much fun a few months ago dude that was like october september it was september That's so crazy. So it was eight months ago now. What the frig? Yeah, I'm coming in June for sure. Isn't that insane? You and Nick should um save up to visit me in Ireland next year. <laughs> that would be so slay, actually. That would be so slay. Especially because you would, wouldn't have to pay for like a hotel because you would just stay with me. Yeah. Much to think about. Because I feel like we're playing we love Ireland for sure. Oh, I think so too. And I think that's Nick- on the bucket list. Yeah, yeah. We'd see some magic little fairies. Some we'd dr- go hunt for them. Yeah. Oh my god! The other day, my mom was like, "Do you want to go to Appalachia with me?" Huh? I was like, "What?" Are you She's like, "I want to go walk on the Appalachian Trail." I'm like, "No, Maria." I- I'm like, "No offense, mom, but you." would do all the things you're not supposed to do. I see why you think that, and it's probably true, but at the same time, knowing Maria, if I was going to go on the Appalachian Trail with one person, I think it would be her. You're right. Because I don't know why. There's something about Maria that I just feel so safe with her. Yes. Like, if some really crazy shit was going to go down, you want to have Maria with you. Yes. I mean, she's going to yell and complain and, like, freak out. Yeah. But, like, she's got it under control. Right. Like, her, like her freaking out isn't like, oh, my God, we're not going to make it out. Is her freaking out? Is like, I can't believe this is happening. This is ridiculous. Which yeah. is so fair. She's so right. Fair. But I feel like she'd be like, oh, my God, look at that weird door in the woods. Let's go open it. I'm like, no. You don't, go, you don't open the doors. You don't walk through the doors. Uh-uh. Or those stairs that go to nowhere. Yeah. You don't go off the path. I've found stairs to go to nowhere in woods before. No, you didn't. No, yes, you. Yes, I did. No. Yes, I did. That I you you would catch me running the other way, dude. Um, I was actually on missing four one one TikTok the other day. I was deep in it. You know missing four one one. No. <gasps> okay, so basically. <laughs> Before we get into our books, people, Missing 411 is this conspiracy that if you look at the map 
of all the people that have disappeared in national parks in the United States, it's almost exactly the same. Like the, the last time those people were spotted, it's almost exactly the same as the map of the like undis- unexplored cave systems. Oh, yes. Like interconnected cave systems. And so people have these theories that there's like either supernatural entity or like feral people or like something like that having to do with the cave systems in the national parks. And that's me. Let's just think you're walking in the woods. What is the one thing that you can see that you would follow into a cave? Nothing. I'll tell you. Okay. If I saw a little cat walking in the woods, I would straight up follow it into the cave. There's no way I'm 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 gonna be no way into the cave. Here's my thing. I trust indigenous people wholeheartedly more than any other type of person, right? Mm-hmm. And indigenous people like truly believe in flesh pedestrians. Yes. And so knowing from what I know from them, I know that a cat in the middle of the woods is almost certainly like some sort of trick. So I couldn't follow. Like, that's why I was going to say, like, you were like, what's one thing you would follow? The first thing that pops in my head is Niall Horan. But girl, why would Niall Horan be in the woods? It's obviously some sort of trick. That's why I'm like, a cat would be in the woods. And I'm like, to me, if I see a cat, and it like looks at me and I, I feel like the cat wants me to follow it. So I would just like, what if it has babies and it's, it's trying to bring right. me to its baby so I can save them? Like I, yeah, that's like really the only thing I, a deer. No, I've been known. I, to- I can't even think of like another animal I would follow. It would have to be a cat because I feel like I could help it. Right. I was like, I've been known to put myself in danger to help an animal for no reason. So I probably would too. You know something you want to know a fun fact? Yes. Cats can't smile with their eyes open. They can only smile with their eyes closed. So if you see a cat smiling with their eyes open, that ain't no cat. Because the mm. muscles in their face like don't allow them to do that. That's creepy. So if you, this cat was smiling and its eyes were open, you're not following that cat. Mm-mm. No. Did you see our Instagram stories that all of us the other night um, pet a kinkajou at Washington Square Park? Yeah, what was up with that? It was just this guy had a kinkajou and he was like, yeah, its name is Honey, you can feed it a marshmallow. And we were like, well, don't fucking mind if I do. Was it soft? It was so soft. And it was so nice. And Annie was a little afraid of it. And so, of course, it climbed right onto Annie first. Classic um annie did not feed it a marshmallow but the rest of us did but it was so soft and so cute and then we gave it a lollipop because i guess they eat like lots of fruit in the jungle so they love candy like you ever see them on tiktok she's always feeding them like um peach rings and shit that one lady yeah yeah so yeah basically we hung out with a kink june you would have loved it why did he have it we don't know, especially because Zoe was like, how did you get this? He did not answer the question. <laughs> but it was like a 19-year-old kid, and he clearly loved the Kinkajou very much. Yeah. And so had a parrot named Jack in a hoodie. So, like, I am sure he acquired those animals illegally, 
but I don't think they're in any danger of being like murdered. Like I think he just like is kind of like I don't know. Like he shouldn't have it. But if anyone's gonna have it, I'm glad it's this like really sweet kid and not like a freaking I know. I just wonder about its life though. It should probably be with like other kinkajus. Right. And like does it get to climb trees free? Like, right. Does he does he keep it on a leash? Like does he let it does it touch grass? I don't right. know. Right. You gotta How wonder... small is a New York City apartment for a kinkajou? Right. You gotta wonder what's the tea with that. Cause kinkajous are like very like um what like what's the word? Like they like people. But they're supposed to probably be in like a reservation with other kinkajous. Right. So it's you know. But yeah, that was crazy. It just walked up on us and then it climbed right on Annie. If you're the man who has the kinkajou, we'd like to talk. We'd like to talk. But we want to talk to Honey first. Yeah, yeah. We want to interview Honey first and get her side of the story. I mean, it could also be that she doesn't know any different at this point. Well, yeah, of course. Kind of like a ham, like a hamster, like a ferret, kind of. I just think of like so many people in New York City who have illegal animals who just like yeah, like that tiger that lived in that apartment. That was crazy. Yeah. At least it's not a big animal. Right. But like, you ever see those like pervy looking guys with like a thousand animals in like yeah. Union Square? And I'm like, at least it wasn't that kind of situation. Right. Or like people who have like 10,000 billion snakes. Yeah. Like they don't like that. No. Yeah, it's definitely weird. It was definitely like it felt like we were in the Twilight Zone. So it was like 10 o'clock at night in Washington Square Plot Park. Plot twist, he wasn't real. It could be that we all sort of got some sort of drugged and it was a hallucin- uh, fully a do kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't put it past our friend group to have that. No, together, no. We would totally have a shared delusion, I think. I think we already have. Yeah. Parker's not real, is he? No, he's actually not real at all. Like, it's nobody's ever seen him, like, not... We've never seen him when we're not seeing him. (laughs) So immediately not real. Mm -mm. Sabrina, shared delusion. (laughs) Without a doubt. There's no way she got away with everything she got away with without being not real. She was not real, dude. That girl, Takira, fake human. I can never remember her name. I'm so glad you just gave it to me. Kira. Rest in peace, legend. I wonder what she's up to. We've all seen Sabrina's cooch too many times for her to be real. (gasps) Exactly. A lot of our experiences at Pratt were probably some sort of um, hysteria induced. Yeah. Like, we would be the ideal girls to be in the Salem witch trial. Because we would have gone along with that so quick. Yeah. We would have, we love, we are the literal perfect candidate for that. I will buy into just about anything. anything. And we love to gossip. 
Like, if you're like, this is weird, I agree. I it's, agree. It's, it's a real thing. It is weird, but it's true. You got me there. Hey, speaking of weird things, we read some weird books this week. We, yeah. We so, read some weird things. Mine was good, but yours was not? You know... I don't even want to say it's not good. It just wasn't, it just was hard to read. I'm really interested. I also have so many things I want to talk to you about that I think would, are other pieces of media that relate to your book potentially. Mm -hmm. So we could get into that. Um, It's niche week. Niche week. What was our like criteria for this week? I don't know. Just like books with a really niche subject for a really niche audience. Yeah, like I think I thought of it as like something really weirdly specific that like most people would be like, why those th- like why is that going together? Yes, I think you're right. Doesn't that, that makes sense, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, so what did you read? I read The Orange Eats Creeps by Grace Krilanovich. And I read Patricia Wants to Cuddle by Samantha Allen. I'm beyond excited to hear about that book. Oh my god, I'm really excited to talk about it. Is that book literary fiction, by the way? It sure is. Okay. But I have, like, thoughts on it. Like, I love it, but, and I'm glad it's literary fiction, but, like, it could have been shelved in horror. So, you guys, I read Patricia Wants a Cuddle, and this book is so fun. It's so smart and so stupid at the same time. So it's like literally my favorite kind of thing that could happen. I truly had a blast reading it. The best way I can think of to describe it is, okay, I'm going to take a crack at it. It's The Bachelor meets Sleepaway Camp the movie in the form of a sapphic creature feature that's what I'm gonna say and that's why it's so niche because it's like what the hell like none of those things go together whatsoever but it all works so well in this book So basically, it is a game show called The Catch, and it's kind of like The Bachelor where there's like one guy, and then he's dating all these girls, and he's giving them like a corsage instead of a rose whenever they're kicked off or whatever, and they go to different cities around the country and have like dates, and then he like picks them off one by one until he gets a winner. And finally, this is like the penultimate week of the show and they go to this place in the pacific northwest called otters island which is like a weird pick for them because usually they'd go somewhere like palm springs or like 
you know, somewhere like fun. But they they they're going to this place called Otter's Island because it was so cheap to go there. And like the accommodation was all free that like basically they were making money by going there. So they have this like glamp. They're going to have this glamping week. And there is four contestants left that this financial bro um, can pick between. Amanda, who's like a classic, like Insta bat Instagram baddie. Vanessa, who's like kind of the rough around the edges one. Um, Renee, who's like this kind of closeted, like shire girl, and Lila May, who's a religious freak. And then there's the producer of the show, which is this girl named Casey. Um so they wind up on this island where there's this innkeeper who's like a lesbian who's you think her wife has like recently passed away. Um, but eventually you find out that this island is kind of famous because however many years ago, these two girls went camping on the island and they disappeared and they were never found. And then one of the girl's sisters went to investigate and she disappeared and was never found. So there's like all this string of disappearances on this random island that's like also like a gay capital of the world for some reason. And the first few minutes uh, that were on this island, we were driving in the car to get to their campsite or whatever. And this ape-like creature runs across the road and that just spins it into the rest of the story. And it all kind of takes place within like 24 hours, uh, 48 hours after that. And that's all I'll tell you because you really just got to freaking read it. Um, so for readability and interest, I gave this book an eight. It is so entertaining. If you love reality TV, this book is so fun. I freaking love reality TV. It's like my favorite kind of television. This book is so fun because it feels like you're watching reality TV, but you're reading a book. And I think that's so clever. Um, and I, I'll mention this here and a little bit when I talk about plot, but the horror, like the slasher aspect of this book is actually very good. And so I think that helps this being just a book that you can just like devour for language and style. I give this book a seven. The language is not really something to write home about, but I don't think it needed to be. Like, I really do think this is one of those books where um, the plot and the characterization and just the vibes was way more important than any sort of flowery language could have or experimental aspect of it could have, you know, it didn't it didn't need that. For form, I will give this a seven and I will include form because I think it was so, I've never read another book that was set up like a reality television series. Like, I don't know if there's another book like that. And one thing that I think was really interesting about this book was it was split. Each chapter was a different character's perspective, but it was always in the third person, which feels kind of reality TV-esque too, because you ever watch like, survivor or something and you're following one character and they're doing their little off off what, what do they call it when they go their confessional or something like that 
and it feels like it's them and like they're talking but it also kind of feels like it's a weird like removed you feel like you're kind of removed from it if that makes sense and so I think that's why it was clever to do third person because that's sort of the um that's sort of the funny thing about reality tv that like almost pulls the humanity out of reality tv is that sort of removed perspective you get from all these people who are real people uh but you're it seems you know you're watching them for entertainment and it seems like they're just like disposable sort of characters in a way so I think that was really clever for shelf worthiness uh I would give this book an eight I think it was so fun I think it's the perfect book to like just be like oh my god have you read this when you have company over like let me tell you about it like it also feels like a staple for like weird fiction and queer fiction. So I would totally just keep this on my shelf for that reason, that reason alone. Um, the mystery slasher aspect of it too, I feel like is fun. Like it almost does feel like a little like campy, like summer read in a way that you maybe would want to reread it again. For plot, I would give this book an 8.5 it was so clever like I still can't get over the fact like I don't know how Samantha Allen thought of this it's so stupid like but so good like why the hell is this happening why did this need to be a book but I'm so glad it is a book like girl that's hilarious and like why is there an ape <laughs> like it doesn't any sense but I love it so much and I like I said the horror in this book actually was so gross it was nasty and listen you guys my favorite kind of horror is probably slasher and my favorite kind of slasher is like the real campy kind where just nobody makes it and that's not a spoiler but like just know like there's just a lot of people gonna die in this book and that's so funny to me for some reason but I'll share this one passage that I really liked um a head burst through the canvas covered in shaggy sweat caked hair Amanda screams but even as she trips over the Turkish rug tumbling ass first onto the floor she can't help but take in every feature of the thing's twisted face its flaring nostrils, sniffing ravenously at the air, glowing yellow eyes and pouting lips. At first, Amanda registers it as a dog or a bear, but it looks almost human. Its contours twisting into an expression that is equal parts hunger and despair, a deep, almost prehistoric longing. Some kind of monkey on Otter's Island, Amanda yells at the animal. The part that got me is the its contours twisting into an expression that is equal parts hunger and despair a deep almost prehistoric longing what that's so cool and the best part is too like you guys you ever at the zoo and you can like smell the monkeys and it has this like scent like I feel like throughout this book you can like smell this gorilla which is nasty and the kills are so good they're so vile like I don't want to spoil anything but if you like 
if you anyone seen cocaine bear <laughs> like if you watch cocaine bear and you're like that's the kind of slasher i like like just like oh my god outrageous just blood and crazy way for a person to get absolutely murdered uh then this book is for you and last but not least for characterization i give this book a nine um I thought the characters were so fun and I think it was like it can be dangerous I think to switch between so many different characters because it's like you really have to have a grasp on all of them in order to make it work and I think Samantha Allen did a really great job with that she really put a lot of thought into every single character every single one of them was endearing in one way or another or you like love to hate them in one way or another every single one of them was incredibly realistic and had like pretty realistic responses to the situations they were thrown in uh and they all stayed very true to themselves as well and all their interactions with each other made perfect sense and it, it's funny because in a slasher it's like these people are disposable obviously because n not everybody's gonna make it to the end and i think I don't know like you kind of feel the same way that you do in like scream where you're like oh damn it not that person dead now like I like them like that's how I kind of felt about this book as well which I always think shows good like a horror writer should be proud of that because I think so many horror writers could easily just write the just most basic characters so that you don't care when they get killed off because they say they're feeling like the kills are more important than the actual character that's being killed. It happens in horror films and in the books. Um, so yeah, I don't know. You guys, this book was a lot of fun. Patricia wants to cuddle. I think ev I literally think everybody should read it. It's so niche that it's universal. If that makes sense. What a great quote. It's so niche that it's universal. Yeah. That's what we like to see. Um, The other thing I was thinking about, if I don't do um, like a dad table. Yes. We're already going to have like LGBTQ plus horror table. Yes. And I was like, it would also be funny if I did camp horror, but did like actual like like that, camp instead of like camp and do like the play on it that would be so funny wouldn't that be really funny I love that actually like you could put the troop on it right and even like I feel like I could put something like that on it where it's like an island type book any sort of island like any like camp as in camp like it can be camp but it can also be camp camp oh I could do both sides actually I could do actual camp and then camp camp, camp. I love that. Really funny. Um, I love that. Or you could do like the queer, like pride horror, and then the other side camp, and like mm -hmm. a of actual camp and camp. Yes. Silly goofy. I love it. I love making displays. Um, but that's definitely one that I want to. I would want to put on a table, especially because the cover is so good and grabbing. So, so is is Patricia the creature? Or is that the character? Yes. 
Patricia is the creature. Love it. I love that it's Patricia. It's like in um that movie that no one likes anymore. Switch? Is that what it's called? What's that? It's not, it's not called Switch. Um, It was called... You know, the guy, and he's got, like, IDD, I guess. Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> or DID. Wait. Oh, oh. Oh, Patricia! Right. It's the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yes, that's what I think of every time I yes. split it. It's called Split. Split, because he has that one character. She's, like, a British lady, and her name's Patricia. Patricia. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Everyone's like, that movie's bad for mental health. Oh, please. I'm he, sorry. He, like, turns into, like, a demon at the end. Like, it's it's not about mental health, bestie. He's not. He doesn't actually have DID. He's something. He's a demon. He's, like, he's, like a, he's a creature. Right. Like, if it was, like, making fun of a mentally ill person, yeah, that would be not good. But that's not what is happening. Also, M. Night Shyamalan is so fucking stupid that he gets a free pass low-key to just be dumb. Sometimes we need that. Did you watch Old? No. Stupidest movie I've ever seen in my life. I liked... He also directed The Visit, right? He did The Visit and he also... I liked The Visit. The Visit was great. He also did The Village, which is so dumb in a good way. I haven't seen that one, I don't think. Keen Phoenix. Um, what we won't forget him, forgive him for is the Avatar The Last Airbender live action movie. He does not get a free pass for that one. He also just did Knock at the Cabin, which I have to watch still. I haven't watched it yet. I wanted to read the book first. Yeah. Who wrote the book? Um. Play? What? Was it Paul? Was it Tremble? Yes. Yeah, Paul Tremble. Yeah. His name escaped me. It slipped out of my head. He slipped it. Hey, let's hear about your tea. Okay. All right. <laughs> um. So I read The Orange Eats Creeps. And I read this book because I, I don't remember. I found it somewhere. And it was described as... Um, a book about teenage hobo vampire junkies. And I said, absolutely, yes. That's exactly what I was looking for. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't what I was looking for. I'll tell you. So. And the hard thing about it is everything that I liked about it is also what I didn't like about it. Um, and I'm going to explain that when I like, when we jump into our scale, but so pretty much there's this female character, pretty sure she literally never gets a name. And that's almost all the plot that you get from the book. You, you get like some things, but it's hard to figure out the order of things. So like. I think she was in a foster home for a while. I think she started a maybe 
sexual relationship with another girl who she refers to as her sister, but who I'm pretty sure is not her actual sister. And one day her sister, whose name is Kim, disappears, but I'm unsure if she... She makes it sound like she ran away to join another group of hobo vampire junkie boys. And it seems like there's a lot of group of boys with just one girl in it type thing. Um, but there is a part where she freaks out and her foster mom has a social worker come in and the social worker's like, you need to go visit your sister's grave so you believe that it's real. But that was, like, only mentioned very briefly in the beginning, and then it jumps back to when she's on the road with her group of hobo vampire junkie boys. And they're looking, and, like, she's actively searching for Kim. But it's not clear, like, whether Kim is actually alive or not. Um... It's also widely debated on if they are actually vampires. I truthfully believe that they are not actually vampires and that being a vampire is either a metaphor for prostitution or drugs. I'm not sure exactly which. Um, I will say it does go... It does seem to go back and forth a lot, and it also seems as though, um, like, drugs is talked about, drugs are talked about as drugs, and prostitution is talked about as prostitution, so I don't understand why you would need to actually talk about them and have metaphors for them in the story. It doesn't quite make sense to me, but whatever. Um... And so really, like, the whole book, she's walking around with her other vampires or by herself, and they get into grocery stores somehow and, like, sleep in the back room of grocery stores and eat food, and that's how they, like, survive. It's, like, very weird. It's never really clear what's going on. You're never really set in a scene, and if you are set in a scene, it'll jump to somewhere else really quick. Um... I've seen it described a lot as stream of consciousness of stream of consciousness writing. And I I guess it would be that. Um so yeah. So for readability and interest, I gave it a five. It's a really short book. It's only 172 pages. And I didn't say this, but I did DNF this book. And I DNF'd it at, like, page 120. And that was literally after, like, two weeks of trying to read it. It's just, like, so dense. There's no... There's barely any, like, paragraph breaks. It's... It just goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, and it's so easy to be reading this book and your mind just drift off because you're never set in theme. 
Um, so it's just really hard. For language and style, I gave it a seven, but that was really hard for me to do because I love the, I love how poetic this book is, but I think that also, if it was a little bit less poetic and more set and scene, that's what would make it less confusing. Um, <clears throat> but I did mark this page to read. And I don't know how much I'm going to read of this, so let's just see. Oh, I gotta get comfortable. Okay. In the middle of the forest, little brown birds spat up sticky beads of phlegm on a dark forest trail. I took care to walk around them before settling into a bush at the crest of a cold stream. Wayward girls like me wandered all over town looking for answers. They spent hours on their face in gas station bathrooms, refracted in dark mirrors that shattered on the planes of their clear flesh. Rockabilly girls are the most expressive of all creatures, all eyelashes and twisted red mouths, brows straining up to gather at the center of their heads as they muffled a sob and begged. Sorry, I lost my place. And they muffled a sob and begged to be kissed while the band played behind them. He didn't hear it. Just sitting next to the bag of bones, I could feel the power of them rat all rattling in my chest. They clicked together in subtle tones and squeaked and clacked incessantly as my eyes bulged out of my head. What's wrong with me? They asked over and over again. Twisted songs from gigs, all those basement war dances filtered back to me, all the haunted huddled forms reclining and pumping fists, and they turned around and they had skulls for faces wrapped in broken bits of rope. All the blood that sloshed around inside their heated, bloated bellies, each cell bursting at the seams, screaming, flying, flung dirt clods, reaching the rafters. Sizzling boots scraping fried dirt clods grabs. Burnt flesh mashed into the floor. The floor was so sticky. Madness, shelterless, frigid, slimy confines trapped up inside a jellied casement, huddling screams, tearing at our scars. We never stopped dying all those nights ago in the Northwest. Remember how we sang? Remember how we danced? How we fell and lost our lives? Remember those who got cut down? Who got left dying on the grass in the sun? What do you see when you look at one, one another now? Tell me, little boy, where will you run? What? And it's like, you started off in the forest, and then you ended up at, like, a rave or something? And the whole book is like that. The entire book is like, it's like I never know what's actually going on. Um, and it's so hard to, it's so hard to like even thread together a plot point. Like I know she travels with these boys. I think they get money from her prostituting and they steal a lot. And she's looking for her sister, Kim, but you don't know if Kim is actually alive. You don't know if they're actually vampires. You don't know, like... And again, some of the writing is really, really beautiful and some of it just makes no sense. Um, here's another one. I don't think I'm going to read this full passage because... 
it goes for two and a half pages without even a paragraph break, without even a new paragraph. So let's just, let's just see. The night is brown, brown time. The day is orange, orange time. Then pink, pink time. Traveling on hijacked rail cars or real cars causes a lot of friction among passengers and a strong breeze smelling of fecund air conditioning and freshly burst bags of chips is almost med medicinal. Convenience stores convey a conduct for the use of their services and stations. Convenience people understand these things. The conduct that is carried forth on a wave of pink, then brown air, door chimes echoing into eternity whenever the steps of the initiated cross a threshold from one transaction to the other. Convenience people will require fast, cheap service, as well as access to the penny tray if necessary. Like, what's, what? What are we talking about? So, okay, she's... Okay, she keeps on like that, talking about that. And then suddenly she's like, we duck into a flying jay across from the almond orchard. So I'm like, okay, we're, we're in scene now. They're, they're ducking into a grocery store. I disappear into the ladies' room down a long gray corridor, setting aside a mop and a bucket to get the door open. Once inside, I turn the light off and point the hand blower up at my face so my old tears bake on my skin, plastered around my eyelids where they belong. I can barely make out my reflection in the mirror. The light from a lamppost outside informing my features in the darkened room in a brown night. In the mirror, I look otherworldly and my voice comes out low and disembodied. I'm speaking like this for God knows how long before it seeps out. Bloody Mary, raise my blood from the dead. My sister rots under the ground, not on top of it like me. Comically, the hand dryer shuts off and I'm able to slowly reach into the mirror's frame. Beyond the meshing point and fix my own fractured smile from beyond the grave. Outside, in the radioactive perma-dawn of 7-Eleven, I fix a large 24-ounce cup of coffee, pouring from the fullest pitcher, leaving a half inch at the bottom for the two things of hazelnut non-dairy creamer. I, stare with two, I stir with two red straws before discarding them. Blue lid, a couple of napkins in my apron pocket for spills. One of which, like, the whole book goes on like this. I'm not even, and it's like, you're in scene and then you're not in scene and then you're in a different scene and then you're in a different scene and then you're not in scene. It's like, it, it just go and it's so confusing to know what's going on. And, and like the human brain is made to make stories out of things just naturally. And I'm, I, I like could not do that. I spent so long trying to piece together the story of this and I can't. So for form, I gave it a 5.5 simply because it is this like messy, weird form. And, and I saw, I saw so many people. There's, there's a quote right on the back of this that says, the exhilaration of such a novel is nearly beyond calculation. If a new literature is at hand, then it might as well begin here. I hope not. I freaking hope not, Bestie, because I don't know what's going on. Like, it's so it's so poetic and so lyrical that nothing happens. 
And it's the same thing over and over. It's they're in convenience stores and then they're not. And then she's in camp and then she's not. And then she makes friends with a cat that she finds. And it's like just so. And then you can't tell if it's if the cat's dead or alive and what time period you're in. It's just too all over the place. So 5.5. I like that she's trying something new. It's just not working. Um, For Shelf Worthy, Worthy and Read Again, I gave it a five because so many people like this book. It's so short. The cover's beautiful. There's a beautiful picture in the beginning of it. I think it's interesting. And I think, again, there's definitely a lot going on here feminist-wise. There's a lot going on here um, in terms of, like, like I said, prostitution. There's definitely a big, a big thing to think about with prostitution being a symbolism for being a vampire and I think that she thinks of it like I think that this character thinks of that as like she's draining the men of something but like she's always really like messed up afterwards and I think there's that interesting play happening but it's not really getting developed in a proper way um so there's that so then for plot I put a whole bunch of question marks and I said five I guess because again I think the prostitution thing's interesting I think the drug thing's interesting I think this could be an interesting story I think the idea of her searching for this girl who she had some kind of romantic relationship towards or at least some kind of deep loving connection towards who she calls her sister is really interesting and I think the fact that she could just simply not even be alive and she's searching for someone who she really knows is dead but just can't process that I think that's really a beautiful foundation for a story it just wasn't built correctly um so that's why I gave it a five because I was trying to be hopeful about it like I said everything that I liked about it was also what I didn't like about it so it's like it was really hard to write this book for characterization I gave it a four because I feel like I don't even know any of these characters um I like the idea of like a bunch of like guys um uh like traveling around together and doing all this stuff together but I just don't I just don't like you just don't know them I, I think I think I'm more like the idea of the characters that she was trying to create it just wasn't there it just wasn't there um it really just felt like she took a whole bunch of just like snippets of little writing like Sometimes as a writer in your free time, you like get a sentence stuck in your head. So you type it out and it gives you like a little blurb of a paragraph. I think putting a whole bunch of those together is what she did. There was even a couple parts in the book where it was almost like the same paragraph four pages later and a couple things were changed in it. Like that paragraph that I just read with the birds I swear there was that same exact paragraph, but with cockroaches instead of birds. And I can't even tell if that's purposeful. 
because the whole book is too, I guess, stream of consciousness to decide if it's even purposeful. So an interesting read. I think someone like Lexi would like this book because the writing is quite beautiful. The like imagery that she uses and like the specific words that she uses are really purposeful and really like delicious. But to try to read it as a book, I just think it falls flat. But I do think Lexi would like this book. I think Jess might like this book. Um, and I think Jess would be the kind of person who would read this book and be like, this is the hill I'm going to die on and tell me why I'm wrong about this book. But um, yeah, that's that's how I feel about that book. Even when you were reading it, Marissa, I was like, I think I'm having a stroke. Yes, it's like your brain almost like ticks. Like you start to hear like a ticking in your brain. Yes, it's, it, it makes, and here's something. I don't want to sound mean. But when you put that much flowery language that has nothing to do with the plot in, that to me is amateur. Yes. Like, like when you were reading that, I was like, okay, this feels like somebody who really wanted to be a writer, uh, like self-published this and called mm-hmm. it. A- I'm sorry, but like, that's kind of what it sounds like. I was disappointed that this book was disappointing because have you ever seen The Lost Boys? Yes, I love that movie. I love The Lost Boys and I thought this book was going to be giving The Lost Boys. Yes. Right? Right? And then a hill I will die on is I will tell every single person I encounter who remotely looks like they like monsters to watch the movie Near Dark. It's a 80s vampire drug-induced western nightmare is like the way I was about to describe it and the way you were describing this book sounded like it was going to be so much like that movie which is so hard to find by the way and every few months I look up to see if you can watch it anywhere um and I don't think it's on streaming anywhere right now it's literally one of those movies that's like high key impossible to find like I'll probably end up having to buy it on like dvd and get a fucking dvd player if I ever want to watch it again but oh i could try that definitely try that it was it used to be on shutter every once in a while but then they would like take it off right away um but yeah it's directed by Catherine bigelow which is also so slay and i don't know why it's not on everything that you can watch but whatever um, but yeah, I got so excited because I thought your book was going to be like a book version of Near Dark, which is like one of my favorite movies. And it definitely was not that. Yeah, I had really high hopes. I was thinking like, like Jess's Story 6 yes. mixed with, um, mixed with like Gone to See the River Man but also kind of cool. So like maybe, um, I don't know, Girl Interrupted or something. Yeah, or like Lost Boys. Like Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. Fucking stupid. I was, I know, and I was so excited to read this one. And I literally, like it, it took me, it should not take me 
two weeks to read a book this big. It like sucked away the last two weeks of my April. And I was so mad about it. On the last day of April, I said, you know what? We're not starting May off like this. We DNF'd it. And I... And I was like, I really don't want to DNF this book. I hate DNFing books. But I was like, you know what? No. Do it. Do Life's it. Life's too short. Exactly. Damn. What a, what a, what a crock. Yeah. Hey, Marissa, we have one more episode of this season. We have one more. What's it going to be? Um, We're having a very special guest on our show who we love very much and who what did she do with us last time uh like the reproductive rights oh yeah that was so fun so miss Lindsay lop is gonna be with us and we're gonna be reading a book that she absolutely adores and many people absolutely adore many people adore it marissa and i have never read it we're scared truthfully i actively avoid it me too. Um, but so far it's okay. The only thing I will say is so many people who I've told them that I'm reading this book are like, oh my God, you have to, you can't just read the first one. You have to read at least the second one. That's what, that's exactly what Lindsay said to me. She was like, you guys were going to read it and then you guys are going to have to read the second one. And I was like, shut the hell up, bitch. I don't know if I'm prepared for that. I'll like, I'll read the second one, but I'm not reading any more after the second one. Well, the second one. It apparently has the most smut in it and i'm like okay i don't think that that's enough of an excuse for me to to say you have to read it no especially when this guy's ugly (laughs) um if you guys can't guess what the book is it's a court of thorns and roses we're reading to celebrate may because may day is just the notoriously horniest most magical day of the year and that was yesterday actually um but so we're celebrating it a little late but may day the energy of may beltane bleeds into the rest of may and into mm-hmm. midsummer so mm-hmm. that's what we're going for it'd be a fun i've had i've actually had a lot of people say that they are excited to hear specifically how i'm gonna talk about this book i'm so ready so that makes it fun it's gonna it's- be a fun episode for those who don't know, which I feel like it's impossible for you to know, it's literally fairy porn. Like, that's what A Court of Thorns and Roses is. Yes. It's a the Beauty back- and the Beast retelling, kind of, which is fun. It's so, so excited. I'll tell you, I'm already 100 or so pages in, and there's so many things that I'm like, that's stupid. She couldn't think of anything else for that. But it's okay. How fun. What if I love it? Maybe a... Uh... Maybe I'm going to become a Sarah J. Mass apologist. I don't know. It, it is really like, it, it reads, the writing does not read fanficy. The writing reads like fantasy writing. Yeah. But the plot is fanficy, which I'm like, this is fun. I'm so That's fun. I'm so excited. I feel like I've read this story 80 billion times already. I just read it um when I read Court of the Vampire Queen. Period. <laughs> a little bit different. You sure did. Different font, but yeah, so how fun here we are and we're doing it and that's how it is and that's how it is we'll see you guys next week with that one we will
I did just realize we forgot to do our intro.